Uh, these are important things to the Lord. And, you know, when God designed us and created us, he made us body and soul and spirit. And there is a physical side to us, and there is a non-physical. The spiritual side, the uh, untouchable element of who we are. And I'm thankful that the Lord cares about our bodies, and he cares about our souls and our impersonal being within impersonal is maybe not the right word the non-physical part of us there we go and so we're going to be reading in philippians 4 tonight and we're going to read two verses Um, maybe for a little context we'll read a little more let's begin in verse 4 and we'll read down to um, let's read to verse 9 just to uh, get a couple other elements if you're able to stand for the reading please do so philippians 4 Beginning in verse 4, reading to verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Those things that you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. All right, let's have prayer together. Pastor Jeremiah, would you pray as we begin? All right. Well, uh, you can be seated there. Every command of Scripture, every truth of who God is, everything that God wants for a man to be, Jesus was. Jesus is our perfect example in all things. He never sinned. He never failed. And we can always look to him in one way or another as our model and our example of obedience. As we look at verse 6 and 7 tonight, I want you to read the verses, and I want you to ask yourself, did Jesus ever do this? All right, let's read the verses. I'll read them, and you think about it as I read. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, let me ask it again. Was there ever a time in the life of Jesus where he obeyed this command? Yes, there was. Do you have a 
suggestion of when? In the garden. Absolutely, that's precisely the story I was thinking of. Now, he may have done it other times too. But when Jesus went to the garden, he, it says that when he went there, that his soul was troubled. And he was filled with sorrow, right? And yet, what did he do in that moment? He turned to his father in prayer, and he expressed his request to the Lord. And the Lord honored and answered the request of Christ in accordance with God's will. And his request was, was answered as he, he shared it there. And uh, we discover that when he left the garden, I believe he had peace. And he fulfilled the truth of these verses here. The verse says, be anxious for nothing. This is what I might call the problem. This is the, the issue, the challenge, the difficulty. To be anxious for nothing. Um, anxiety is a somewhat common problem, especially today, isn't it? People, I would say, are more anxious now than they've been ever, or at least ever in recent times, we might say. Anxious, and it says be anxious for nothing. I mean, zero. Don't be anxious for anything. I mean, how, we might just say don't be so anxious, right? But the command is to be anxious for nothing. This word anxious comes from the word care. Care is the idea. And it's not just to care, but it's caring with a future element to it. Um, it's not generally a present tense caring, like, oh, you're bleeding, let, I care for you, let me give you a band-aid, not that sort of care. But it's a care that has to do with future concerns or future needs. And this is where this idea of anxious is, is brought out of the word, is that anxiety is born out of care. But it's, it's future care. So the idea here is anxiety, uh, worrying, uh, fear, we might say. These are all terms that connect and, and explain this idea here that's being taught of anxiety. Now, uh, let, me, let me take a further moment to talk about this word. This word is not only used in a negative way. Uh, hold your spot here and flip over to chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. And Paul writes there regarding Timothy, and he says, I have no like-minded man who will naturally care for your condition. That's the same word in Philippians 2.20 that we find over here in, in this illustration. Now, the illustration and the way it's used in Philippians 4 is clearly a negative way, right? In Philippians 2.20, it's more in a positive way. Um, and he's saying, look, there's other people, they won't care about your needs. They won't look out for you, but, but Timothy will. All right, so it's a positive use there. But here he says, be anxious for nothing. I mean, that's... That's pretty broad, right? That's pretty expansive and conclusive. Be anxious for nothing. And there's a couple other passages that use this word. It's not used a lot, but maybe this is one that you might remember. In Matthew 6, which I read in my Bible this very morning, or afternoon, whenever it was, um, this passage talks about being worried about food and about raiment. What shall we eat? What shall we put on, right? And he says, don't be anxious. Uh, the King James says, take no thought, right? And, and uh, that's this idea that's being talked about here. And so uh, Matthew 6 uses the term, 1 Corinthians 7 uses it in a, in a good way about a husband caring for his wife and a wife caring for her husband. 
and a single person having a singular focus on caring for what God wants. So that's 1 Corinthians 7. And, um, and then this, this passage might um, connect with you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. In other words, casting your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. See, the Bible is teaching us in this verse that there is a problem called anxiety and there is a promise called peace. And the text is going to show us how to bridge that gap because unfortunately, sometimes we find ourselves in anxiety and we stand over here and we think that peace is like a mile away, right? And we say, how do I get over there? Because right now I'm here and over there looks pretty nice, but it also looks pretty far away. How do I move from anxiety to peace? How do I get there? Well, let me just quickly say there's a couple things that God is not teaching us in this passage. The first, God is not teaching us that we just shouldn't care about anything. If you're not careful, you might read something on social media or somewhere that says you just need to care less about others and care more for yourself. Well, that's not the idea. God doesn't really teach that. We need to take care of ourselves, yes, and, um, you know, take reasonable care of ourselves. But caring less for others is not really the idea. Or just not caring about anything. Stoicism, there's a, there's a whole philosophy called stoicism. And the idea is, you know, someone should be able to look at you and not know if you're having a good day or a bad day, right? You're just, you're just a deadpan. You have no emotion. You're just at one with the world, you know, just nothing moves you. Well, that's a stoic idea. Guess what? Jesus wept, didn't he? And Jesus smiled. I don't have a verse for Jesus smiled, but I believe it. All right. Jesus wept and Jesus smiled. The Bible says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Right. So stoicism is not an, an option for the Christian. It's not a good philosophy. You know one other reason it's not a good philosophy? Let me ask you this. Is our God a stoic? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Bible says he so loved the world, right? He cares for you, 1 Peter 5, 7, right? So, so that is not an option for the Christian. But, and secondly, God is also not teaching us that prayer is the only thing that we should do. Like there's nothing else but prayer. Prayer alone is the only thing. No, I do believe God is teaching that prayer is the main thing and the first thing that we ought to do. Um, now, I've kind of given away my, my little middle but you've read the text you already know how this works there's the problem anxiety there's the peace that might seem a mile away and what is the bridge the bridge between the two is prayer and god wants to move you you right there where you sit god wants to move you from anxiety on the path of peace and over i'm sorry on the path of prayer and over into the land of peace and the bridge between the two is prayer and so prayer is the first thing we do. It is the main thing we do. But certainly there sometimes are other practical things. And as I was thinking about it, you know, some of these other things, quote unquote, might be answers to the prayers. And they might be illumination that he gives while we are praying. And, um, and so we certainly don't divorce these other things from prayer. But prayer is the first thing and it is the main thing we do to move from anxiety to peace. Now, let's break down a little bit more some of the verses. Um, let, let's look at the peace first, and then we'll look at the prayer last. Okay, so verse 7 says, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
This is where God wants us to live. We want to live in this promised land of peace. Peace is the promise that God tells us he will give as we follow his process. Quick question, where does the peace come from? It says, in the peace of God. The peace of God. The word of in your English Bible is the most used word, perhaps in literal occurrences, but it's also the most variant uses of the word. And what I mean by that, of can mean a lot of things, okay? And in this spot, I believe the word of means sourced in. The peace that is sourced in God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Peace that has its source in God. We have a God of peace. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And so the peace that is promised to us comes from God. It is God's peace. He owns it. We could call it a possessive. But I think it's going even beyond that. It's saying this peace has its source in God. That's one reason I read down to verse 9. Those things that you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The God of peace. So this peace has its source in God. But secondly, this peace is miraculous. Notice what it says. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. This is an over, overachieving peace. It is a peace that goes far beyond. It's an exceptional peace that passes our understanding. It's not something we can quantify. It's not something we can explain. And let's face it, many a Christian, many a Christian has um, been through an experience where a worldly person would say there's no reason they should ever have peace. Um, I think of people who, who pass from cancer. And there are Christians who go out with a smile. They go out with a song on their lips. They, they spend their final days in worship to Christ, you know? How the world looks at it, they say, how, how can they do that, right? That is the peace that passes all understanding. There are Christians who have been imprisoned for their faith. Let's cue up Paul and Barnabas. What did they do when they were in the stocks there in Philippi? At midnight, they prayed and they sang praises to God, right? The world says, well, that's, that's crazy, right? How can you be at rest in a situation like that, right? This is the peace that passes all understanding. Christian, maybe this year, maybe in 2024, God is going to put you in a place of anxiety. He's going to teach you some lessons of prayer. He's going to bring you to the land of peace, and it will be a shining light to others around you to say, look at that peace. Look at the grace that they have in this moment. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's not something we can just explain away. I'm not 100% against pills. But Jesus offers a peace that doesn't come from pills. I'm not against family time. I'm not against some exercise. I'm not against a number of other things that, like I said, there are other things sometimes that enter into this. But God himself wants to be the source of our peace. He is our peace. He's the Prince of Peace. We just heard about that not too long ago from Pastor Jeremiah. The Prince of Peace. So this is a miraculous peace. And when we have it, it can point others to Jesus. Maybe this year God wants to use your peace to be a shining light to his glory. Notice it says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love this description of the peace. 
it's interesting that the word guard is a military word, isn't it? Right? And the word peace in modern vernacular sometimes means no war. <laughs> right? And it says here that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. This guarding is like the soldiers at the gate. It is like the castle that has a moat around it. Right? And I think in financial terms, sometimes people talk about having a deep moat or a wide moat. Which one do they Wide moat? What do they It's a business with a wide moat. Or I don't know if they use deep moat or wide moat. Do we all know what a moat is here? I might just need to explain the moat. If you, don't know, if you do know what a moat is, raise your hand. All right, look at that. The moat, um, the moat is a water um, channel that's dug around a castle. And sometimes it was deep, and sometimes it was like this. But the point is you have a defense around your city. And the defense, what, what is inside the castle according to the passage? What's inside the castle is your heart and your mind. And what is it that is far out there? What is it that's coming up against the castle? Well, what's coming up against the castle is anxiety. These are those thoughts. These are those fears. These are those worries that attack your heart and your mind. And if you could picture this, here's your brain and here's your heart inside the castle. And here are all these, I don't know, you can make it into a sci-fi and have rats attacking the castle. You could have a classic, you know, I don't know, um, chivalrous, uh, you know, 1,000-year-old sort of story about knights charging on the castle, right? Um, you could have marauders. You could have the uh, pagans coming with their clubs, whatever it is. But all these things are coming up against your castle. And there's something in between. There's something in between those attacks and your heart and mind. And what's in between it is the peace of God. This is the peace of God that passes all understanding. Peace can protect my heart and my mind from anxiety. This is a joyful word, and I, I certainly hope that this is just general preparation for our distant future. But if God, in his sovereign wisdom and in his perfect plan, would allow 2024 to be a year of challenge in some way, if it would be a year where things are difficult, maybe in health, maybe in finance, maybe in relationship issues, whatever it might be, can I suggest to you that you have a defense against anxiety? And it is the peace of God. It's the miraculous peace that is sourced in God. And God in His wisdom has placed it between you and those anxieties, those fears, those attacks of Satan that would come to assault your mind and assault your heart. Now this sounds really good. Guarding our hearts and our minds, and then it does say through Christ Jesus, doesn't it? Christ paid the price for this peace. Christ provides this peace. He sent the Holy Spirit who gives this fruit of peace. And so it is through the work of Christ that we have this privilege, right? You know what we had before we had Christ? We had anxiety. You know the night I got saved, I was very fearful. I was fearful of hell. I was fearful of being apart from God forever. I was fearful of the wrath of God. But you know, the night I got saved, God inserted something into my life. Peace. I had peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not just a peace of justification or of our record with God, but he also gives it to us, to our hearts, to our minds, and it is something we have in our life. So we have this wonderful gift from God 
this peace that's sourced in God, it's a miraculous peace, it's a guarding peace, and it was at the price and the work of Christ. But let's talk about this path between the two. Prayer is the path. Now this is important. In other words, we could think of it in two ways. We could think of it in that if we don't pray, the peace goes away and the anxiety comes across the castle. We could think of it that way. Or we could think of it this way, in that we leave the castle and we go past the peace and outside the castle and then we're surrounded by the anxiety. Either one, I think, is a fitting example. But the point is this. Just because God is a God of peace and just because I'm saved does not mean I live in peace. Now, my justification is settled. I, God is not opposed to me, right? I have peace with God. But this is the peace of God. And there's a way to live in it, and there's a way to not live in it. And this is where it gets down to brass tacks, because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds. I, I structured the sermon this way, because I'm trying to show you that there is a important link in this thing. Anxiety is here, peace is here, but to get from the here to here, there must be prayer in between. So can I just be really blunt? If you don't pray, you don't have peace. Sooner or later, you don't have peace. And can I say that the longer you don't pray, the more awful your condition will be where you don't have peace. This is a serious thing, is it not? This is the beginning of 2024. I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God wants to work in my prayer life in this year. I've, I've thought about my devotional life, I've thought about my prayer time, and I'm, I know that there's improvements to be made and, and changes, right? And I've made some, some plans to do that. And you know what I believe the Bible is saying to me here? It's saying that I can have more peace as I follow this command. It says, let your requests be made known to God. You see, these anxieties that we talk about over here, and we explained what that meant a little bit, care, to have cares that extend to the future, and they go beyond a normal care, and they become too much, overbe over, overbearing, they, be, they become obsessive in our mind, they become worrisome and fearful. Um, it, it's this idea of having a care that gets too big, all right? And remember I said earlier, God's not teaching us to not care about anything. We have cares. The question is, what will we do with them? And the Bible is teaching us that through prayer, we take our cares and we transfer them over to Jesus. We give them over to him, casting all your care upon him, right? 1 Peter 5, 7. And so we take the care that we have that's a legitimate, maybe even a good care, right? Not something evil, but we can sense that it's growing, right? The bill is coming. I must pay the bill. I love my family. You told me to take care of my family. The bill is coming. God is not teaching us to just, you know, doo -doo, psh, like it never enters our mind again, right? That's not how this works. But what we do is we take that care and we say, dear Lord, this is the need. I have this concern. It, it, it matters to you. You promised me it matters to you. I give it over to you. Lord, take this care from me. Answer this according to your will, right? And what we're doing is we're, we're re making the request. We're transferring the care. And you know what God does? He takes the care, and get this, he gives us peace. Isn't that beautiful? 
He's going to take my cares and he's going to give me his peace. You know, I don't know about you. If, you. if you haven't caught up on this yet in your Christian life, when you give something to God, he gives something back to you. Over and over again, when I got saved, I gave God my sin. What did he give me? He gave me his righteousness. You say, well, that's the best trade ever. It was. But you know, a close second is when I can give him my cares and he can give me his peace. So this, this is teaching us that we do not have to be overcome by the cares of our life. We have true cares. They're legitimate. But we, we team up with Christ. We lean them onto him. We hand them over to him. We say, dear Lord, here is this thing. It's too big for me. I don't know the answer. And, and I need I give it to you. Here is my request that you would answer. it. And sometimes God gives us strength. Sometimes he gives us help to wait. Sometimes he resolves things right away. But God takes our cares and he gives us his peace. Now, he does mention that this praying that we do is not only making requests, but it also says um, with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving can have a connection to peace as well, can it not? Because as we make the request of the Lord, we also give thanks to him. And giving of thanks is a, a replay of history, isn't it? <laughs> it's, this is what you did. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. And this also helps to build our peace because it's, it's reminding us of the great God who's on the other side of that transaction, right? Um, if you have ever tried to give a responsibility off to someone that you really doubted <laughs> and that fear becomes your heart, right? It, it almost makes it worse than clinging to it yourself, right? Yeah, I might as well hold on to this myself because if I give it to them, they'll really drop the ball, right? But in Thanksgiving, it helps remind us of the great God that is on the other side of this transaction, right? And, and as we give thanks and we worship and we, we kind of open our mind to all who God is, it makes that trade so much easier because we say, oh, dear Lord, it's you. It's you, the Almighty, you, the one that has answered before. Here is this need. Here it is again. I have another care. And so the Christian life, this is a vital piece of it. And if we're living without the peace of God, there's a prayer issue. And so let us return to prayer. Let us return to both thanksgiving and making of requests, to bringing our needs and our cares to the Lord. And God promises the peace will come. Now, I'll, I'll be first to admit, it's not just a one, two, three, poof, sort of magical thing, right? It doesn't mean we can just pray for three minutes and all is well. But, but it, is, it is a principle that as we pray, he answers. And, and if you're lacking peace, can I just say there are sometimes you got to pray through a little bit, right? Just keep praying, right? It, it, God didn't promise it would be, you know, in one second, okay? But, but it's just a promise that that peace will come. You pray, he gives, right? Follow this principle. So this year in 2024, I don't know what lies ahead. I don't know if this is something specific or more generic. But whatever it may be, you as God's child have been given the gift of peace. God wants you to live in peace. So no matter what happens around us, we can live in peace. Because God says it will guard your hearts and your minds. And I hope you're using and enjoying this beautiful gift of God, peace. Now, let me quickly point out that on Sunday, in John, four, uh, John 14, 27, I spent a lot of Sunday's morning message on peace. Jesus said, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you, right? And so in that verse, very much the same principle 
that we read in Philippians. And so I don't know why God is double emphasizing this for us, but I know it's for a good reason. I hope we will learn and grow. Let's pray and we'll take any questions. Oh Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you for being the God of peace. And you know that sometimes we live in the land of anxieties. And I pray that we'll open our eyes and that we'll look all across the way and we'll see the peace, that land of peace that you want us to live in. Help us to see the bridge to get there. And that is certainly the beautiful gift of prayer. As we lay our needs before you, as we lay our praise and our worship and thanks upon you, may we enjoy this promise, the promised peace. And I ask that in 2024, we would have more peace than ever before in our life because of our prayers and because of you giving us this peace. Um, I just praise you for the simple truths that are in these verses. May we grow and may we live this out. Teach us to cast our cares on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, any questions or comments before we...